0: And what happened when you were 13?
1: He grabbed me and uh, by my throat with one hand and picked me up off the ground about three feet and held me against the wall. And uh, he put his other hand over my mouth and my nose and he told me that uh, if I ever tried to do anything like that again, he would make it worth their while and he would kill me.
2: Being bruised and beaten and rejected and cast by the wayside is not terminal when the anointed one comes across your path. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted.
0: Welcome to Miracles Today, and we've got with us as our special guest, Kevin. Kevin, thank you for joining me today. Uh, I'm so glad you could come, and I want to talk about um, you and your dad, because I think that's like a really kind of a starting point in your life that that led you into some things that we'll discuss later. Can you talk about that?
1: Um, Well, I don't really, as far back as I can remember, probably five or six, um, it's just a history of violence. You know, my father was very abusive. He um, uh, he would always try to bias things to make up for things that he had done. And for me, it never really worked, but um, he was just very abusive.
0: So you said, like, before you were four or five, you can't even remember anything.
1: Yeah, I don't really, I mean, not necessarily that it was because of that, but I just, I don't, you know, recall anything from before that. But as far back as I do remember, I, I just remember my father very abusive.
0: And then there was one incident where um, he threw you across the kitchen.
1: Yeah, um, I actually, um, my mother was leaving to go shopping or something. And I remember, like, just crying so hard for her not to leave because I knew that my dad was angry and I was probably going to get some abuse. And uh, he, he, as my mother left, you know, I was still crying and, and, uh, and just totally... Uh, I just didn't know what to do, really. And he was upset at me because I was crying and I wouldn't stop and he was telling me to shut up and be quiet. And um, the door that my mother went out of was in the kitchen and so he had actually, he picked me up by my shoulders from behind and just like dropped me and like kicked me across the kitchen.
0: And how old were you, sweetheart?
1: I was probably about um, six.
0: Now, did you try and get your mom to intervene for you, or what was the situation there?
1: Well, I didn't really understand or know what was going on when I was that young. I didn't understand why she didn't. I thought maybe she didn't know because he did a lot of stuff when she wasn't at home. Um, but I didn't I didn't understand until I got older um, as far as what to do. Um, and then... As I got older, I began to talk to my mother about it and try to convince her to leave my father because I didn't want to put up with that anymore.
2: And what and,
0: happened when you were 13?
1: Um, you know, all my whole life from when I remember up to when I was 13 it was just nonstop abuse. Um, my brother and sister were uh, getting involved in that. My father was beating them as well, but I tried to... I didn't want them to get as hurt as I was and so I tried to a lot of times direct his attention and his violence towards me because I knew how to handle it and I could deal with it and um, I didn't want them to have to go through that.
0: And you were bruised all the time?
1: Yes, I I had a a counselor that I saw regularly in, in elementary school that um, every week I would go with new bruises and he would take photos and put it with my file and um, I actually worked with my my counselor to have like hrs you know like child services come in and, and and talk with my father and they did and um and uh, but he, you know he totally played cool Mr. nice guy and then you know they left didn't really have anything and right after they left he really lost it and Then uh,
0: what did he do to you?
1: He grabbed me and uh, by my throat with one hand and Picked me up off the ground about three feet and held me against the wall, and uh, he put his other hand over my mouth and my nose, and he told me that um, if I ever tried to do anything like that again, he would make it worth their while, and he'd kill me.
0: So then you were thirteen years old, and he was beating your brother and your little sister.
1: Yeah, and, and uh,
0: um, your mom was in the room.
1: Yeah, she was actually. Um, my brother, and my sister, and I shared a, a room, and uh, my mom was in the hallway looking in, and my dad. Um, it all started because my my brother and sister weren't listening to my mom. They were going to bed and making noise and stuff. So, um, my dad actually came in to, to punish him, but he, you know he started beating my brother and, and my sister. And so I yelled at him to stop, you know. And so he came over to me and he hit me, and uh, I fell to the ground. And he started kicking me.
0: And you're 13 years old.
1: Yeah, and I'm 13 years old. And you're
0: defending your entire family. Yeah. And now what's your mom doing at this point?
1: She's just crying. She really she doesn't know what to do because she's very scared. Um, I wouldn't know what to do if I was in her position, really, I don't, I don't think. But I
0: think you're very sweet. <laughs> but now tell me about picking up the baseball bat.
1: <clears throat> um, th- that night that he came in and was beating my brother and sister, he we had two big uh, like seven-foot bookshelves full of toys and books and games and stuff. And um, where he kicked me, I mean, I was on the ground, he was kicking me. I was right in front of him, so he actually grabbed them and pulled them over on top of me and the, so the bookshelves the bookshelves so i was just kind of buried in a bunch of stuff and um, so then he stormed out of the room and he was yelling and cursing and everything and so i've made my way out from under all the stuff and i was just like ticked like that was it that was the did last did you straw. hate your father i hated him i hated him with a passion i wanted to kill him
0: and you wanted to murder him at that point yes and what what stopped you kevin
1: um, well, I walked over and, and I grabbed the baseball bat out of the corner of the room that I had and um, I looked at my mom and she, she saw me and I told her, I was like, I'm going to kill him and um, and she was just like really, really crying and she looked at me and I loved my mom very much and uh, you know, I always felt like she took care of me and uh, so I told her that, um, I told her I was going to kill him and then she I don't know really know what it was, but she basically you know she just looked at me and told me that she really didn't want me to do it, you know, but she was crying and it was like high tension everywhere, but for some reason I just you know I listened to her and i didn't I didn't go through with it
0: well, it sounds to me like you had to grow up really fast because it you know it sounds like you're taking care of your mom and you're and you're and you're stepping in so your brother and your sister don't get beaten and mm-hmm. you're thirteen years old I mean what did that do to your yeah. mind Kevin
1: I just I really, I didn't really. I feel like I didn't have a childhood because I was, I was constantly worrying about things that I shouldn't have been worrying about um, because of everything that I had seen and been involved in. Like it made me worry about my future and what I was going to grow up to be like. You know, I wondered if I was going to have a good job, if I was going to have like the right wife, if I was going to be a good father to my children, you know, if I was going to be a good husband. Just like the stuff that I shouldn't be worrying about. And it just consumed me every day. Like it's all I was worrying about and how I would accomplish that.
0: So like 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you're having these mature thoughts instead of being a child. Right. And so when did you meet
1: Dr. Harfouch? Um, (laughs) uh, I I, uh, was going to another local church here that... uh, Um, at the time, but I had met some friends that were coming here and so I came with them, you know, several times actually to some youth gatherings and that kind of what caught my attention. But once I was actually here on a Sunday morning and I heard Dr. Harvus preach, I had never heard anything that changed my life so much. He taught me about my authority in God and my heavenly identity and this was even before IMI, he was just preaching this in services and uh, when he taught about my heavenly identity, that's really when I began to learn that that I was a new creature and that everything that I was acting like and worrying about and uh, concerned with was not my life, that was the old man's life. And so I began to apply these teachings the doctor was was teaching me. And uh, I was able to totally shift my whole life to live the life that God had prepared for me.
0: Welcome back to Miracles Today, and we're here with Kevin. And Kevin, when we left, of course, we were talking about you're 17 years old when you first meet Dr. Harfouch. Now, he's a father figure. Yeah. Can you explain to me how you had the ability to listen to him?
1: I I really think, um, because I, I've been in churches all my life, and I've never heard anything worth waiting for, worth applying. And um, when I met Dr. Harfouche, um, even more than... Listening to him as a father figure just the words that were coming out of his mouth because they were they were so real And it was the word of God Then that like I really believe that totally penetrated past anything that I had experienced and hit me You know where I knew that I knew that that was something real. and That's what I needed so um, I feel that that allowed me to open up more to um you know to his teachings and you know applying what he's you know was teaching me Um, and then you know uh, a few months later after I began to come to the church and let's do uh, IMI was starting and um, and I really uh, wanted to go because I knew some things that he was teaching in the regular gatherings he was teaching in IMI a bit more intensified and I knew that's what I needed and that's where I wanted to go and uh, I just saw such a change in my life just from what I was getting in the regular services um, from the Word of God that I knew I needed more of it and I knew IMI I, could give that to me.
0: Yes. Can you tell our viewing uh, audience, there's millions of people out there, many of them may have suffered the same kind of things, can you tell them how you forgave? Yeah. Can you do that for me? Okay.
1: Uh, I know there's many people that you're out there and you've been abused, you're hurt, you don't want to forgive, you can't forgive, you have no intentions of wanting to forgive anybody that's hurt you or abused you physically or verbally, sexually anyway. But International Miracle Institute is the key to what taught me to forgive. I did not want to forgive. I wanted I I hoped for the day that I would have revenge on my father, whether I killed him or I don't know. I don't know where that was going, but I I had no intentions of forgiving him. And when I got hooked up with International Miracle Institute, it gave me such a freedom and such a peace in myself. Aside from everything that I have already experienced, it was something totally separate. So I just began to grow in that And then over time, forgiveness is like a healing. It takes time. And you may not move into that right away, but as the Word of God works on you, it'll begin to come onto your heart to forgive people. And there's so many things in your life. There was many things in my life that I wanted to, to happen, things to take place. And that I learned that a lot of things God couldn't do for me because I had aught in my heart. And I couldn't, you know, He just couldn't do things for me because I, I was unforgiving to people. And I needed to forgive these people. And my father was one of them. And um, I just, I can't express how much IMI has done for me. Because if I, if I hadn't forgiven my father... Uh, there's no telling where I would be today. I would probably be in jail or dead or I don't know where I would be. But now I'm very happy. I'm about to be a father myself. I'm expecting a daughter in six months. And uh, <laughs> I'm a good husband. I'm very happy with my life. I have so much looking, looking forward towards me. Um, everything is just where i were when i when i was 13 and i worried about these things and how i would how they would happen but knowing that they would never happen i'm at that place now and there is no worry i have no cares everything is taken care of and i i just i just can't express any feelings well, of I how i think you're
0: doing a great happy, job of expressing everything so right now we're going to go and listen to God's prophet of performance, you know, the man that we both <laughs> learned from, admire, yes. and the teacher of International Miracle Institute, Dr. Christian Harfouch. So we're going to go hear him teach and preach some more. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> In this day and hour, God has immersed certain leaders with a kind of anointing and boldness to produce in your life through God's word a heart change, a mind change, a life change a physical change of healing and health as well as a continually expanding and growing financial change in your life you can't fake it if you don't have the authority to declare it are you here? You can't fake it if you don't have the God kind of faith to accelerate it. You can't fake it if you don't have it. Are you here? Everybody knows what the Word of God says. But certain are receiving more results of what the Word of God says than others. If they are, then that means their soil... The realm that God has chosen them to minister to his people in. Is a place that is fertile. And that will yield to his people a return. Heaven is a rich place. (laughs) Gates are made of what? Is anybody here planning to get a drill. (laughs) And start working on getting their own little chip. (laughs) Off of the pearl in heaven. No. When you get to heaven, you go to a wealthy place, but none of it impresses you because you are in in that place where the most impressive person who, by the way, you have chosen to walk with all of your life is there. So if you will not stoop down to worship the streets and you will not stoop down to scoop pearls off the gates. When you go up. Then there must be. That same character in your life today. That is not impressed. With the silver and the gold. It is impressed with the God. That gives you the ability to get it. In order that you might worship him with it. And fund his kingdom with it. Are you here? And so it's rational. It's reasonable to understand. That if God is a God who lives in the. A wealthy place who has built this wonderful place for you to live eternity in is a God of wealth who does not tolerate poverty or need or lack anywhere in his dimension called heaven then you must understand that if is if poverty and lack is the enemy of the heavenly dimension then poverty and lack must be also the enemy of the earthly dimension. Yeah. For in the same verse of scripture that Jesus preached, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And I'm going to skip. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Oh, a broken heart is to be healed. Yeah. To preach deliverance to the captives. Oh, the captives should be delivered. The recovering of sight to the blind. Oh, blindness is an enemy. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, being bruised and beaten. And rejected and cast by the wayside. Is not terminal. When the anointed one comes across your path. Yeah. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And we say God wants to heal the sick and everybody shouts hallelujah. God wants to open the blind eyes and he is. everybody shouts glory. God wants the bound set free. He doesn't want the addict addicted. He doesn't want, he doesn't want the bound bound. He doesn't want the wicked to remain wicked. He doesn't want the devil to bind the people and the church shouts glory. But before he said any of that, he said, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Poverty is the enemy of God. And I've been anointed to come and call a generation to rise up out of the mediocrity and the limitations lack so that you have not only your needs met but everything that you could ever want and you'll begin to overflow with such supernatural abundance that you will not have a place to house what God has brought into your life divine ideas will come from every side, they will overtake you, they will come from above they will come from around you you will be engulfed with the blessing and the mercy of almighty God Here
0: with my favorite teacher, preacher in the entire world, <laughs> Dr. Christian Harvitz. You know, the beginning of the program when when uh, that beautiful young man gave his testimony, Kevin. Um, he spoke about you know how he had gone through so much physical abuse um, yes. from his father. Yes. And um, I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, how how in the world. Can someone that's been through that much with their father trust God? Yes. You know, and trust is something that's that's just so hard, even in the natural, with like, you know, it, just when people you can see, but trusting, you know, a God that's invisible, that you can't, you know, you can't reach out and touch him. And
2: Well, you know, um, the force of hate yes. or the force of uh, violence and maybe uh, uh, abuse, um, out of anger, is a spiritual force. Yeah. What, what he encountered in his home, in his life, in his upbringing was the expression and the manifestation of the anger and uh, the inability of his father to be a father. That force had to be counteracted with a greater force, And when it was, then he had no doubt in his heart that he could follow that truth and walk out of that place of wanting to retaliate and get vengeance to a place where he can actually forgive. But what is awesome about this powerful force of God, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, is when you hear it, regardless of how you may feel, maybe you're not ready to accept Uh, the responsibility to act on it because your emotions are scarred your mind is made up you've already maybe made certain vows with your mouth I'll never forgive I'll never uh, forget and those vows are powerful but the when you hear the truth you know it's the truth and even when you're not ready to act on it you discover it's the truth you feel the love and the power of that delivering force of God's Word Then you begin to receive more of it, and you're able to walk out of that place until you're completely and totally natural in your ability to let go and to forgive, which is so essential to living a powerful life. Jesus said, uh, if we have the God kind of faith, and he said, you need to have it. Have the God kind of faith because if you will say to this mountain be removed be cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart but you believe that the things you say will come to pass you will have what whatever you say meaning that the Lord himself told us there is nothing impossible nothing blocking our path nothing challenging our call can stay there if we command it to move with the faith of God but then he said what? So ever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, I want you to imagine this. You're viewing right now and you're literally connected with the most powerful anointing in the universe, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and he cannot lie, that whatever you desire when you pray, if you will believe you receive it, you will have it. But then he said, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you cannot forgive those that have sinned against you, your heavenly Father cannot forgive your trespasses. So we note here that forgiveness is essential to answers to our prayer and to rewards in our life. This is where the truth of God's word will drive out whatever the devil has done in your life. And even if he has endeavored to totally destroy your trust in father figures or authority figures or ministry figures or God as a heavenly father, and that force was demonstrated against you in violence and hatred, the power of God will drive that thing out and make you completely and totally free and will give you the joy of liberty.
0: You know, well, God is love.
2: Yes, he is,
0: and and the Word became flesh, and yes. so God's thoughts towards us are written down in the Bible. Yes, they are, and so God's love can overpower, like you said, and 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 consume all of that, and just make it go away because of the power of His Word. But you know, sometimes there are so many um, layers of 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 things that need to be dealt with and it's only through the word of god the bible says that the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword of the dividing asunder of the spirit and the soul only god can divide between your spirit and your soul that's why you need international miracle institute international miracle institute will take care of all of those problems for you I know it will because it did for me. So join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings.